0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, road victory for BYU basketball, finally. Did it save the season? What if the Cougars make
1: it a twofer in the Bay Area tomorrow at St. Mary's?
0: And what did Tim Tebow say about Taysom Hill to irk just about every BYU football fan? Let's go!
2: It's BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store simulcast on BYU TV and BYU radio now from Studio B here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan
0: BYU Sports Nation is live your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere happy Friday January 4th wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who always wants more fouls called in a college basketball game,
1: Jerem Jordan. Gosh, I love fouls. I love free throw attempts. Amazing. I love flailing every time you shoot, Robert. Yeah, yes. Roberto Gallinant. Come on, man. That was a crazy game. Uh, typically, a college basketball game is going to go about an hour and 50 minutes, maybe. Two hours is a long game. Not that when there's 60 fouls. That game was two hours and 16 minutes. Yes. So, at WCC officials. Uh, are having a great morning. They're like, oh, we crushed it. At WCC officials tweeted out last night, wakes up, checks mentions,
0: turns off phone, goes back to sleep.
1: I have a – I have a few goals working here. One of them is to uh, annoy that account. Yeah. Well,
0: I think you did it last (laughs) night.
1: (laughs) Well, they brought it upon (laughs) us. And just to be clear, there's no no group of people that only officiate West Coast games. It's a group of like six leagues, Pac-12, West Coast Conference, Big Sky, Big 12. It's like this big conglomerate of people. But I still want to give that fake account, which is probably run by a BYU fan, a hard time.
0: BYU fans feel about West Coast Conference officiating the way that Utah fans feel about Pac 12
1: officiating. That's how it works. Yeah, it could always be worse. It could be the Pac-12 rest. Oh. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> kind of cool. I should not have been ejected for targeting in 2016. Still upset about that one. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. The juices are flowing now. Here's day
1: one. We're good
0: show lineup. Greg Rubel will join us from the Bay Area and tell us the one thing that impressed him the most last night in BYU's hard-fought, gritty, gutty win against Pacific. Jerem Jordan ends the shutout in 30 minutes. Details on what that's all about coming up. And what's the chance BYU football splits the first four games of the 2019 college football season? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As mentioned, BYU men's basketball tipped off conference play with a 90-87 to 87 win at Pacific last night, avenging last year's one-point loss. TJ Haas led the team with 24 points, including this enormous three late.
3: Cougars took a one-point loss here last year as TJ makes a deep three, top of the key. Wow, what a shot from TJ Haas, 81-79, BYU by two. T.J. Haas fears no
0: dramatic situation. BYU continues on the road. They'll take on St. Mary's tomorrow on Matthew Delavidova night, or whatever they're calling it. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio.
1: BYU women's hoops is 3-0 in league play after an 83-58 win over Pepperdine at home last night. The Cougars' trio of backcourt players all scored 20-plus, led by Paisley Johnson's career-high 24
3: is not on Pepperdine's
1: side. Paisley Johnson for three, and
3: that does it.
1: The 11-3 Cougars host LMU tomorrow for Eastern on BYU TV. This team is playing some good ball right now. They've won
0: five straight, 3-0 oh in the West Coast Conference. On to the NFL. Michael Davis and the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. No other way, right? Oh, sorry. The San, San Diego, Diego Chargers. No, 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 no. It's because they are actually in Los Angeles now, so it's of San Diego. Yes. The Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. One in Rome. (laughs) Are you questioning my logic? (laughs) There is no logic in this. Yeah, there's no logic. They face the Baltimore Ravens Sunday on wild card weekend of the NFL playoffs. Good luck to Michael.
1: And BYU has released renderings of the ongoing upgrades going on at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU Sports Nation tweeted out the photos. You can see what the changes look like. Basically... The gaps will have elevated walkways and staircases that get to those. So it looks, it looks cool. It'll be uh, better access. You won't have to go all the way down to get from, you know, the north to the west side and so on. it will yeah. be
0: great. More convenient for the
1: fans. And you can get closer to the countdown to the kickoff set. So. That'll be great. You can bug Spencer. It'll be Yay! Awesome. By Super. bug, I mean cheer. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Super excited team desk. for you
1: to congregate around Team Desk.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are
2: we. It's What's Trending
0: on BYU Sports Nation. Find a way. BYU basketball earns a critical win last night.
1: Everyone was just so excited to to get a win, especially a win on the road. There's no better feeling. Um, we we are all saying we needed this. We needed this, and, and we got it done, and now we're just excited to keep the ball rolling.
0: BYU senior captain Luke Worthington commenting after the 90-87 win over Pacific, BYU ends the six-game road losing streak. They snap their second three-game losing streak. They open up conference play with a road win for the first time since joining the West Coast Conference. Really?
1: Wow. I didn't know that one. And
0: they get the monkey off years? the back with Yoli Childs on the bench. Fouled out of the game. They finally did something that they have not done. Jerem, did the win last night at Pacific save the season for
1: BYU? Too dramatic for me. I, I think time will tell. This was a really nice win given the circumstances. However, this was a game BYU was supposed to win. Ken Palm favorite. Vegas favorite. I know that the chips were stacked against BY in that they had not won a road game this season and the last game of last season. And that was the longest losing streak for BY on the road since 01 02. That's incredible. So BY overcame that, which was great. BY played a tremendous first half, went up 21, made nine threes. It was like, what's going on? Then lost that lead with three something to go. Yoli Childs fouled out. So they overcame some self inflicted wounds there. Great win on the road, it also survived the officiating, 60 combined <laughs> fouls, the NCAA record's 84, by the way, could be worse, and 74 free throw attempts, okay? And BOA was the only West Coast Conference team on the opening night of the league lid lifters to win a road game. So this was a tremendous win for BOA given those circumstances. On the surface, beating Pacific, not a big deal, but all things considered, big deal.
0: San Diego, 0-1. LMU, 0-1. St. Mary's, 0-1. BYU, yeah. 1-0. How about that? Conference opener. Again, ends the three-game losing streak. First road win of the season. Did it with the only Childs on the bench. And the Cougars, unlike Illinois State and unlike UNLV, won a close game. I was starting to think that BYU was snakebitten and couldn't win a close game.
1: And unfortunately, it became close. It should have never been close. You can't go up by 21 and then have a close game. Come on. Dave
0: Rowe said. But they got it done. We didn't play super well, but I'm just happy that we competed really hard. He thought and said that they haven't done that all the time this season. But he thought last night they competed from start to finish. It's not going to save the season. But just maybe it gets the ball rolling for BYU to do something they've never done. And that's start conference play 2-0 and with two road wins. And have a two-game lead on St. Mary's through two games?
1: And it's not just St. Mary's they're gunning for now, right? It's, I, I would say that San Francisco is the team to beat for number two at the moment. Um, and San Francisco led for most of that game. St. Mary's made it interesting at the end. But I, I hadn't watched the Dons until last night. I'm, I'm impressed. I think they're really good. What also impressed me was the way that BYU finished the game. BYU snaps the road losing streak. They also, after missing a bunch of free throws from Luke Worthington and Yoli Childs, got it done at the free throw line, which brings us to our stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU
1: Sports Nation stat of the day. Six is the number. Josh Hardnett and Nick Emery go six for six from the free throw line for the final six points. Huge. The and BYU snaps that six-game true road losing streak. So, well done.
0: I loved how much composure Nick Emery showed in that moment because –
1: He could have melted down. There was a a foul call,
0: a phantom foul call. So bad. Amidst the 60 that were called last night. (laughs) On a late three-pointer, he did not touch his opponent. Roberto
1: Gallinat drew so many free throws. He he did not
0: touch him, and they gave him three free throws. Yeah. Then Nick steps up and makes two
1: huge clutch free throws moments it, right after to that. To make debate. it a three-point game. Yeah, to give BYU that cushion. So the Pacific had to shoot a three and huge. then barely got one off, which was awesome. BYU needed
0: that win in so many ways. No, it doesn't save the season. It's too early. But I do feel a lot better about BYU winning 10 games in conference after opening up with a road win.
1: Now the question for West Coast Conference perfection continues tomorrow in a place that has been tough for the Cougars, where BYU's 1-6, as a member of the West Coast Conference at St. Mary's, Spencer, if BYU beats the Gales tomorrow, then what? Then
0: all of a sudden, BYU just might be competing for that two or three spot in Las Vegas in the West Coast Conference Tournament. It starts to feel a lot more attainable because BYU has not been good on the road this year, so expectations going into conference play were, well, ugh, they're good at home. Uh, if they win nine games, they're probably the four seed. If BYU starts 2-0... and then I think that they will finish top three in conference because of where they won those early games in conference, especially beating Pacific and St. Mary's. If BYU beats St. Mary's tomorrow night, they're going to be 5-0 and to start league play, Jerome. They're going to be 5-0 and going yeah. into that San Francisco game.
1: Yes, because they're going to run through, who is it, Portland? Santa Clara. Santa Clara, and is Pepperdine on there? Let's see. Portland, Santa Clara at Pepperdine. I think At Pepperdine's win. been a challenge, but... If BYU's 4-0, yeah.
0: I think they'll win at Pepperdine.
1: Pepperdine beat San Diego, no, LMU, at home last night by double figures. Wow. I'm with you. I think the BYU's back in the driver's seat competing for the number two spot in the league. TBD on what St. Mary's is. I would say San Francisco, if I had power rankings in the West Coast Conference, I don't even need to say number one. You know who it is. Number two is San Francisco at the moment. So this would be a shot across the bow. In the league, BYU the only team that's gone on the road and won both games in the first two uh, games. That'd be impressive, right? It'd also be a shot of confidence into this group after a tough non-con slate, 8-7, and seven, but they'd start league play 2-0. and oh. Don't forget, BYU in the midst of a 29-day, five-game road trip right now. Crazy. This is a tough, tough uh, row ahead for BYU right now, and I don't think a loss at St. Mary's would be extremely damaging to this team per se, but I think it would be... Tremendous for BYU, like you said, because I think BYU is coming home and getting a couple of wins next week. Although Santa Clara has won six in a row, they are much improved. But BYU has been Santa Clara's bane yes. in league the whole time. BYU's lost one time.
0: Santa Clara's never beaten BYU in Provo. Yeah. I think it's one, what, like 13 1, and one or 14 and 1 or something one like that? One time at yeah.
1: Santa Clara two years ago. So the, tomorrow's a big game. It doesn't feel as big as the typical St. Mary's BYU games because those typically have featured a team that's ranked. Uh, it's a quad one kind of game for the NCAA tournament. That is not the case, uh, I think, in this, although this may be a quad one for BYU at St. Mary's when all is said and done. But BYU won't be in NCAA tournament contention. It's a big game in league. It's a big game for BYU to try to get into the NIT.
0: BYU would be in rarefied air in terms of West Coast Conference basketball if they beat St. Mary's. Can you recall a time in the WCC when BYU has been 4-0 and to open up? A WCC slate? I don't think that they've they've ever ever done done
1: that. Yeah. Because they've had to, like you said, go out on the road and win. And and BYU has played at St. Mary's very early in the schedule, typically. This is a thing that happens. Now, St. Mary's has a renovated gym. They're handing out like these little trolls of Matthew Della Vadova. Well, hopefully the uh, spirit of Eric Meek is there because that's the one win 2013 14 when BYU went in and won. Luke Worthington was on that team.
0: BYU basketball with a chance to start 2-0 with two road (laughs) wins and restore belief. Not just in the fan base, but within that team. If they win two road games to open up, then the confidence level is at an all-time high this season for this team, given the struggles they had in non-conference play. Jerem, yesterday I happened to stumble upon a nice little quote from one Tim Tebow speaking about Taysom Hill in an article on NOLA.com. Yes, they were talking to Tim Tebow about Taysom Hill because the idea is, well, maybe Tim Tebow could have been like Taysom Hill if he didn't insist on being a quarterback. But then it got really interesting because BYU got thrown into the mix. To quote Tim Tebow, if Taysom Hill was on a better team, I'm not trying to knock his college team, if he was on a better team, I think he would have had a chance to be special. End quote. Tebow continues, you put him on the field with good teams and see what he could do. I think he could have done really well. I liked watching him a lot. Jerem, is Tim Tebow right about Taysom Hill there?
1: No. Taysom Hill was special. Uh, Ask Texas. Ask Manny Diaz, who got fired the next game. Ah, the new Miami head coach. Uh, To me, he's always going to be the Temple head coach. But he would have been nationally special if he was healthy. Okay, I'll repeat my stance about the lost season in BYU football history. 2014, BYU's 4-0, ranked 18th in the AP poll, on their way to at least 11 Wins, if not 12, in a, a big bowl game that would have validated independence. Taysom Hill could have been a Heisman finalist in New York at best. Uh, but the injuries. Hill's issue isn't where he played. It's that he got hurt. 2012 after two starts. 2014 after five. 2015 after one. And in 2016, he was hamstrung by the scheme of Ty Detmer's offense. Uh, BYU still went 9-4, and four, but we didn't see the, the the spread, run, pass, option, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, that we could have. The combination of health and Robert and I's offense would have yielded a nationally relevant Taysom Hill. It is not about where he played. It was that he was injured. And to me, Taysom Hill is a better version of what – Tim Tebow couldn't return kicks. He's not fast enough. Just because they're white and Christian doesn't mean they're the same player. <laughs> they're different guys. Wait, they're not? And Tebow won the Heisman. like He was amazing. He threw for over 3,000 yards, rushed for 1,000, won the national title. That was an incredible season when he won the Heisman. I believe Tim Tebow legitimately was not trying to take a shot at BYU football. But
0: I don't think he understands it was. the national scope that BYU does have. BYU has national branding because of their association with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I don't know how much Tim Tebow knows about that or how much he was paying attention to Taysom Hill when Taysom was at the top of his game in 2013 and 2014 because he was trying to play baseball or trying to make an NFL roster or whatever. But Taysom Hill was a special player, whether he would have been at Stanford, he was at BYU, whether he was at Florida, he's a special player. Injuries, like you said, are what set him back. Like it's Taysom Hill is special. He's still special. Put him in on a team at UAB for crying out loud or at Florida Atlantic, he would still be a special player.
1: And Tim's point is he would have been more he would have been acknowledged as such more had he been at a bigger school. But to me that's not the issue. If because BYU's... Sure,
0: if he's on Alabama,
1: yeah, yeah. then
0: people probably talk about him more nationally.
1: Right. The issue, because he's playing on ESPN consistently, and BYU was playing good competitive schedules, obviously. 2014 was not one of those. BYU played three power fives that weren't that good. And that's why they were 4-0 and and going. To me, it's that he got hurt. If Taysom Hill's healthy, he's a better Jordan Lynch. Northern Illinois, who was a Heisman finalist as a non-power five player. I think that's what Taysom Hill could have been. BYU could have been a 12-1 and team. 13-0, and 2 in 2014, and Taysom could have been in New York. That Je- was the ceiling.
0: Jesse Palmer was on set with us in Lavelle Edwards Stadium in 2014 before that Houston game, following his second destruction of Texas, saying Heisman Trophy finalist and Taysom Hill in the same sentence.
1: I couldn't remember anything he said. He's just so dreamy, Spencer.
0: Said every BYU girl <laughs> ever that watched that interview <laughs> and have watched The Bachelor or whatever. Half of
1: our students were like, can I just watch the show for He was day? already
0: on that level. Didn't yeah. matter. He yeah. had already climbed up to that level.
1: I get Tim's point, and I think it's valid. But what's more valid is Taysom Hill. I,
0: I think it's a weak take. It's a bad take. It's, it's said with SEC bias. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a weak take.
1: Well, it, I, I think the take is fine. I think it's not on the bullseye, though, which is injuries.
0: All right, our question of the day. What is your response to Tim Tebow's comments about BYU and Taysom Hill? Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
2: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
0: First response in from at Colonel underscore James 83. He answers on Twitter. As much as I have admired Tim Tebow throughout the years, especially his personal beliefs, he is very misinformed here. And that's the thing. Don't... uh, don't let one quote about BYU football and Taysom Hill ruin every good thing that Tim Tebow has done because he's done a lot of good. And I Too think he for is people. a good human being.
1: Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm not – we're not talking character. We're talking about his one opinion yeah, on his one can, thing. It can bother you, yeah. but – be bothered, whatever.
0: Yeah, it's an opinion. It's an opinion. And maybe if he actually knew more about Taysom Hill, then he would say, oh, okay, well, then let let me change that a little bit.
1: I think he doesn't know as much because he didn't play in that region of the country. He didn't play in a foul. Exactly. Far I, SEC. I, I understand. He Tim's works day. for SEC Network. I agree with Tim that Taysom would have been known. What he means by it more special or whatever, is that he would have been more well-known. It was worded I, poorly. I, I agree with that idea, but what I don't agree with is that that's not the main point. If Taysom Hill's healthy at BYU, it does not matter. He's no, known. Exactly. BYU's top 15, top 10. He's out there. He
0: was already in the Heisman convo.
1: Yeah, but it was so early that it wasn't it wasn't really well-known among the average person. Like, Taysom Hill could have been Jimmer Part 2 if he stayed healthy. Like, he could have been at that. Maybe not that big. But like, it could have been going that direction.
0: Colonel underscore James 83 continues. The reasons Taysom had an under-the-radar college career was due to injuries. Just look at the Texas game for an example of Taysom's awesomeness. Which it, Texas you, game?
1: Yeah, yeah, both. And the Houston game in 2013 was a 400-passing, 100-rush, which is like one of seven players ever to do that. So there, there would have been more of those. There would have been, I promise you. Coming up, why today has been a long time coming for me.
0: <laughs> And what's the most impressive thing that the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, saw last night in BYU's win? at Pacific. We'll ask him next. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: The men's basketball team continues its quest for West Coast Conference perfection at St. Mary's. Listen to pregame coverage on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern Time.
0: We are live from Studio B on a Friday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand, downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can always watch the show. Just go to BYUSN.com and experience it whenever you want. Our question of the day, what is your response to Tim Tebow's comments about BYU and Taysom Hill? If you're just joining us, let me summarize. Tim Tebow said, essentially... Taysom Hill would have been a more special player if he had played at a better school in a better football program. At WeagManti on Instagram answers if Taysom had stayed healthy, he would have been special. Now here's the thing. Taysom was
1: special when he was healthy. But nationally, I don't know that people know that about his collegiate career. Hard to we, when we you know. have we're, four seasons. We're well aware. Injuries. Look at the name of this show here. <laughs>
0: Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now from the Bay Area via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, friend of the program, a voice special of the broadcaster. Cougars, and a special broadcaster. Absolutely. Greg Rubel. Greg, welcome, my friend, following a road victory.
3: Good morning, Spencer. Good morning, Jerem. It's a beautiful day.
0: Yes, it is. BYU snaps a six-game Road losing streak dating back to last year. They end their second three-game losing streak of this season with a hard-fought three-point win at Pacific. When you step back, what does this win mean overall for this specific group of BYU players?
3: Well, it means belief and it means confidence. It had been 22 days between victories, and these guys needed to prove to themselves they could still get it done. And what a way to do it, playing so well to get up to that 20-point lead, seeing it slip away, and still getting it back. You know, they'd already suffered a couple of real gut punch losses. They really didn't need another one. And they didn't let they didn't let it happen. They did not let it happen. They found a way to get it done. That's really all that matters and I couldn't be prouder of the guys.
1: There were so many interesting elements to this contest. Bowie shoots sixty percent in the first half, makes nine threes, goes up twenty-one. Pacific takes the lead back with three minutes to go for the first time. Yoli Child's fouled out and then it was Josh, hard net free throw time. Nick Emery what impressed you the most by uh, a couple of individuals in this one?
3: Well, here's what really impressed me the most, Jerem, is that I can look down at the box score, and, and I, you know, Dave talks about we need more than just Joe and TJ. We need more, we need more. And that's what he got. You get Joshier Hardnett, eight of nine free throws, and, and makes the big ones down the stretch. You see Zach Sellius, He plays just 15 minutes, but makes both of his shots from the field, including stepping into like a 20-footer to give BYU a three-point lead With 90 seconds to go. You see, Nick Emery, he plays just 16 minutes, but seven points, four rebounds, two assists, ton of hustle, makes the final two free throws of the game, the final two shots to kind of seal the deal. Yo, another double double, nine on the year, 29th of his career. BYU is now at 21 and 8 when he has a double double. McKay Cannon gets the start, plays 22, plus 18 for BYU, a plus 18 and 22 minutes led BYU. Made both of his shots from the field, a couple big threes early. Ton of hustle, got a big loose ball late that threw a foul. Uh, and TJ, I mean, what do you say? You know, TJ, 24 points, couple rebounds, six assists. Those six assists were half of the team total. Uh, he had the most efficient night for BYU by far, uh, made four threes. The three he sticks with BYU down one. We talk about them trailing late, right? They finally go down 79, 78, and he hits from about 25 down the barrel. Just pure, and BYU would not trail again. Dalton Nixon, he was actually second on the team in plus-minus last night in just 12 minutes of play. Very effective stint for him. Luke gets the start, makes all of his shots from the field, eight points. He's now averaging nine points a game over his last three when he was averaging about two points per game for the season before that. And then Connor Harding, starting, playing well, uh, 24 minutes, 7.3 rebounds, a couple of assists, a steal, made a big three early. So, I just ran down, what, five, six, seven, eight guys. And that's what Dave Rose is talking about. And that's what impressed me most. It came from so many different guys.
0: Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars, with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU preparing for a second consecutive West Coast Conference road game when they take on St. Mary's. We'll get to the Gales in just a moment, Greg. But I want to ask you what the atmosphere was like in those final few minutes in Stockton, California. What was it like to be
3: in the arena? Well, it, it was a, a crowd of 2,500, but, but it felt like a crowd of 5,000. Uh, it was just a real strong, energized buzz, and BYU helps to bring that. And We've seen this phenomenon uh, around the West Coast Conference that the home team is energized by the visiting team's fans often, and it happened again last night. But the, the, the sheer number of BYU fans is always impressive to me. And, and Dave Rose you know, took, took special note of it in our post-game interview last night to bring it up and talk about it. He said it makes a difference. It matters to the guys, and, and it helps the team. And it was a real, again, a powerful vibe in the building last night. And so many BYU fans, the BYU chant would erupt at different points throughout the game. Uh, it's just a great feeling. It's a cool feeling. It's a unique experience, and I never really tire of it. It was a good vibe. What's it
0: like to call 74 free-throw attempts in front of a crowd like that?
3: <laughs> well, you, you, you knew going in that that's the kind of game Pacific intended to play, that they're one of the top teams in the country in takes and makes and percentage they get to the free-throw line, and no one does it better than Roberto Gallinat, frustratingly so, uh, for the opposition. So I wasn't so much mindful of just how many fouls or free-throws because I think I anticipated a lot of that. And when you're in that kind of game, Spencer, you know, the, you know, the, the, the emotions and the tension of a takeover – and you're just looking at every uh, whistle as another chance to either score or be scored upon. And and, and can you make them both or is somebody get a miss? And it was just that kind of thing. It was this roller coaster down the stretch. And, and, yeah, it may have gotten tedious and cumbersome by the end, but it was all about, you know, can you make enough and will they miss a couple? And that's exactly what happened. BYU made its final seven, guys, and uh, Pacific missed three of its last seven. And BYU wins by those three points.
1: Now on to St. Mary's. It's always been a big game for BYU. It's been a hard one to win for the Cougars. They're 1-6 as a member of the league in Moraga. Yet this St. Mary's team seems somewhat vulnerable. They're not the same team. They played a tougher non-conference schedule. They lost at San Francisco by a couple of points last night. Is this a vulnerable St. Mary's team that BYU
3: can go beat tomorrow night? Well, they've already lost more games this year than they did all of last year. And we're at the halfway point. And so it's a different group for sure. Uh, they, 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 you know, they're they missing important pieces. But uh, Jordan Ford by himself is enough to, to carry a team to victory for St. Mary's. And he's been tremendous this year. Like last year, they're better offensively than defensively. But they're not as good offensively as they were last year. They're still good. But from being excellent last year, to being just quite good to very good this year. Uh, the numbers aren't what they were last year. And defensively is where they are susceptible. And tempo, of course, is what, uh, you know, is, is the way they play. It's going to be one of the fastest teams in the country against one of the slowest teams in the country, as it usually is every year when these two teams get together. So, yeah, it, 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 it's a rebuilding group for St. Mary's. And so uh, whether or not we're going to use the word, you know, vulnerable or susceptible or circumspect, uh, they've already lost more this year than all of last year. And it's a different feeling for these guys.
0: Greg, enjoy the rest of this beautiful day following BYU's first road win in a very long time, and uh, enjoy the call tomorrow night in Moraga. Thanks for the time.
3: You bet. I'll be uh, I'll be meeting up with uh, BYU's basketball media relations director Kyle Chilton here shortly, and we will make the drive together to Moraga for a practice in the noon hour. And so that'll be our that's on our agenda today.
0: All right, great stuff. Thanks, Greg.
3: See you guys. Mr.
0: Rebel, month. the voice of the Cougars on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future.
1: Coming up, what's the chance a Cougar hoist the Lombardi Trophy next month? Ooh,
0: I like that question. So we should answer it. And congrats are in order for Jerem Jordan. Details on why. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: I'm telling you why. BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano is your place for Cougar Sports with a social media twist in the latest episode. It's all about New Year's resolutions for BYU athletics. Men's hoops took that to heart. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts.
0: Welcome back on a Friday, my friends, following a road victory for BYU men's basketball. feels good. And a 25-point home win for BYU women's basketball who have won five straight. It is a happy Friday for sure. Let's keep it rolling with today's headlines. UAU men's basketball found a way. Britty, gutty, 90-87 win over Pacific last night. T.J. Haas had a team-high 24 points, including just a cold-blooded three right here.
3: Cougars took a one-point loss here last year as T.J. makes a deep three, top of the key. Wow. What a shot from T.J. Haas, 81-79, to BYU by two. BYU has a guy that
0: wants to take and make that shot. He's wanted by the Stockton Police. BYU on the road as they take on St. Mary's tomorrow, trying to go 2-0 to open conference play with two road wins. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio.
1: Women's Hoops 3-0 in league play after an 83-58 blowout win over Pepperdine at home last night. BYU's trio of backcourt players all scored 20-plus, led by, don't call me Brad, Paisley Johnson's career-high 24 points.
3: Clock is not on Pepperdine's side.
1: Paisley Johnson for three,
3: and that does it.
1: The 11-3 and three Cougars have won five in a row, looking to make it six tomorrow against LMU in Provo. Watch it at 4 Eastern on BYU TV. Michael Davis
0: and the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego face the Baltimore Ravens Sunday in Wild Card weekend of the NFL playoffs. Can we just officially make that their new name?
1: The L.A. Chargers of San Diego? I think we have that power, so okay. yeah. All right. And BYU has released renderings of the ongoing upgrades going on at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU Sports Nation tweeted out the photos. You can see what the changes look like. Basically, steps up to an elevated position where you could get from the north to the west to the south and east, and so on, uh, much more easily instead of going down all the way, which is great.
0: The fan experience, uh, that much more likable, if you will, Yeah. based on these changes.
1: Absolutely. And with that home schedule, you're going to want to be there. Oh, holy cow.
0: (laughs) USC, Washington,
1: Utah to open up, Boise Uh, State. Lead with Utah every time, please. All right.
0: I know it is chronological, and it is Utah, right? Yeah, it's Utah. All right. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Uh, not my bad. The fact that I had a six to nothing lead in and one picks over you going into last night's game. However, however, things are changing for Jerem Jordan. Let's play and one. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. We each get two picks. The first is worth two points. If we get that one right, then we have an opportunity for a second pick with that extra point. And there were a lot of
1: whistles last night. Oh, man.
0: Let's recap the results from last night's BYU at Pacific game. Jerem?
1: My two-pointer. BYU wins its first road game of the season. Swish! Yep. Nailed it. And my and-one pick. Zach Selyus will score in double figures. Mm. Zach didn't get to start. He had been starting for a long time, didn't get to start. Uh, he scored five points in 15. Minutes, so I got two points. No, I'm on the board. He my hit first, a huge shot. My first make, if you will, of the season.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. It took a long time. All right, my two-pointer. First team to 75 wins the game. Swish! I was a little worried.
1: Give us some of and that. And one. one. Ooh,
0: and double. by and one, BYU will hold Pacific to under 85 points. Mm.
1: brutal watching that
0: inch closer oh a missed free throw I think kept it at 84 and I was like come on there's a chance
1: that's awesome (laughs)
0: Scott Van Pelt thinks that was a bad beat what's a bad beat for this oh it's all about that. just missed that one however I do get the two-pointer so our updated standings have us now at eight to two. Same margin, but I'm me over Jam. But, but you're, on the, you're on the
1: board. Okay, St. Mary's picks. My two-pointer. Yoli Childs and TJ Haas will combine for fewer than 39 points. I think this is more of a team effort. Those two combined for 39.4 a game. I don't think they go over 39 combined. And one. And that's YJ Cause. That's their combo <laughs> name, by the way. Okay. My and one pick. The game will be decided by double figures. BYU is one and six at St. Mary's. In those six losses, the average loss, 12 and a half points. So I'm saying if BYU wins, they win big. And if they lose, they lose big, too. Wow. I really hope BYU wins big. That BYU wins big. It's been tough. BYU BYU hasn't had a loss by single digits, though.
0: My two-pointer for BYU at St. Mary's tomorrow night. Just kidding. The Cougars
1: will make eight or more
0: three-pointers in this game. Mm. And one. I'm a little hesitant to go there. Because they've been so inconsistent from the three-point line, but I think if they want to win, they've got to make at least eight from beyond the arc to hang with St. Mary's and Moraga. Okay, the end one pick. Jordan Ford will not be the leading scorer tomorrow that's, night. Jaren. That's a bold one. Yeah, He's leading the
1: league in scoring. He's a tremendous player. His first step is so quick. He's a so great, great player. Wow.
0: He is a great player.
1: Like, the West Coast Conference has several of these smaller guards that are just really good. Jordan Ford, Josh Perkins, Frankie Ferrari. It's fun to watch. They're not these six three big dudes. They're like the, the six foot, six one guy that's getting where they want to go.
0: Yeah, so some some bold and spicy on the and one. Jordan Ford will not be the leading scorer tomorrow night. Our question of the day, back to football. Speaking of uh spicy take from Tim Tebow on BYU and Taysom Hill. Uh, at Borge Tire on Twitter responds to what Tim Tebow said about Taysom Hill and says, to be perfectly honest, I could see it going both ways. Maybe if Taysom Hill was on a better team, he wouldn't have been relied on so heavily and wouldn't have been injured. On the other hand, if he was injured, he wouldn't have gotten playing time on the other teams.
1: Yeah, uh, and the key to all of this, because Taysom Hill was going to go to Stanford, was that Stanford doesn't have mid-year enrollees. And for some reason, prior to Taysom Hill's mission, he didn't know that. And that's a great thing for BYU. It really is. I have to ask the question, is Tim Tebow jealous of Taysom Hill? Is that where this is coming from? Like that Tim wasn't used in the same way? Or is he just commenting on Taysom independently? Well, Sean Payton, right? the Saints coach, who is
0: the mastermind behind this whole Taysom Hill project, approached Tim Tebow about doing something similar for the Saints. And so Tebow Tim said, that decision? I don't want to no. do it. I want to be a quarterback in the NFL. So, so
1: you're telling me it's not just about what Taysom Hill is doing. It's that Taysom's doing it with the team that Tim could have done it with. That probably factors into it a little I'm bit. I'm telling you, though, Tim is not the same player. He's not a kick returner. He's not going to block a punt. What he could have been is a tight end, a fullback. A linebacker. Sure, yeah. A special the, teams guy he's that makes not tackles. As athletic as Taysom Hill. He's crazy athletic. He won the Heisman. He's not as a, fast. He was a better college football player than Taysom Hill. He was. He won a national title and won the Heisman. He was. He was a healthier but college Taysom football Hill player. Than Taysom Hill is a better NFL player now, despite uh, Tim Tebow's somehow from the heavens helped run with the Broncos winning a playoff game. Now, there, there
0: are go. some people that say if Taysom Hill had stayed healthy in 2014, he just may have won a Heisman Trophy.
1: I don't think in the modern era a non-Power 5 player can do that. I think he would have been a finalist. Jordan Lynch was a finalist, and that's as good as it gets. Coming up, would Tim Tebow have won a Heisman Trophy if he played at BYU? He would have obeyed the honor (laughs) code. We know that. And can BYU make it two straight road wins on the men's
0: basketball scene? What's the chance? Discusses all of it next. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: Tim Tebow hanging out to the Glen Hood, dude. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU women's basketball team is on a five-game win streak, including
1: a perfect 3-0 record in West Coast Conference play, and look to continue that tomorrow at 4 Eastern on BYU TV against LMU.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. What is your response to Tim Tebow's comments on BYU and Taysom Hill? At salute Mex on Twitter says, I believe that Taysom was special, that he is still special, and that he will continue to be special regardless
1: of what uniform he puts on. But he would have been more special had he been more known. That's the idea.
0: Yeah, what is what
1: is the definition of special? Known, discussed, relevant.
0: That so relevance I, is different he, than special to was, me.
1: Well, to me, relevance is uh, you're being talked about. Like, UCF yeah, is no, absolutely relevant. No, no question. About, but I think
0: yeah. being a special football player and being a relevant
1: football player are two entirely different things. Yeah, and extremely subjective, right? Define special. Well, every, everyone's special. You know, like, yes. Would um, Taysom Hill have been
0: a, more relevant if he played at Alabama? Yes. Uh,
1: a gajillion percent. No any
0: player that goes to Alabama is automatically more relevant.
1: Well, not if you're the backup. Like, Cooper Bateman was not a uh, – that's a Utah kid from Cottonwood. Sorry, any I, starter, any player y- that's yes, playing. Yes, yes. So, Taysom Hill benefited from being at BYU, being a starter, being on the national stage on ESPN at home, being on Thursday night against Houston in 2014. That was all great. Um, I just think if he was healthy that he could have been just as special as a mid-level Power 5 team, the Arkansas quarterback, the Wazoo quarterback. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, regardless of the uniform, he was a special player when he was at
1: BYU. He would have been more special.
0: Because of added, added relevance is what you're saying.
1: Right. If he had been healthy, trust me, everyone would have known his name. You can join the
0: conversation 24-7 on social media using the hashtag BYUSN. Now, it's time to play What's the Chance?
2: BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the
0: Chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Speaking of, I'm hungry. Ben Bagley, are you hungry for more What's the Chance?
2: Always, always hungry for What's the Chance or whatever else. All right. Let's eat, man. <laughs> or whatever else. What? There we go. Number one, what's the chance BYU makes it two in a row tomorrow night in Moraga?
1: Ken Palm says 25%. I say 35%. BYU's won once in seven tries there, but I think BYU can carry some mojo over there. This is not the St. Mary's team, but at home, you know that Jordan Ford's going to be good. Randy Bennett's going to have those guys ready. This is a big rivalry. This is the most hated rival in the league. This is a big game for BYU on the road.
0: I'm trying to do some quick math here, and that
1: never works when you're on live. You're re- actually really good at math. Um, one sorry for saying actually, my bad.
0: One in six as a member of the West Coast Conference. Yeah. Like, what is that percentage? Is it like fifteen percent or something like that in that ballpark? Because that's the chance that I give BYU to win in Moraga tomorrow. Fourteen
1: point three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was off the top of my head please
0: <laughs> now the 15% is what i will go with b y u winning in moraga 1 in 6 uh, and jordan ford and the gales and randy bennett on matthew Vadova night albeit the one victory that b y u had against the gales happened on the night they retired delivadova's jersey
1: and tonight they or tomorrow they're handing out delivadova little troll things so hmm. maybe may, okay i'm going to bump it up to
0: 20% now I'm 35. I'm much higher than that. All right.
2: All right. Number two. Let's make sure we differentiate. They're garden gnomes, not trolls, Jeremy. There's a difference. (laughs) My bad.
1: There are enough of those on Twitter. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes. Uh, Number two. What's the chance TJ Haas leads the Cougars in scoring tomorrow night? 50 percent. It's Haas the
1: Childs. It's uh, YJ Cause. It's one of those two. I go 50.
0: Yeah. TJ Haas is playing with a ton of confidence right now. And I think he's going to have more opportunities to take shots because I think St. Mary's is going to double Yoli Childs really hard like Pacific did. I think there's going to be more shots for TJ. So I say 65% chance TJ is the leading scorer just because he'll have more shot
2: opportunities. All right, number three. What's the chance of BYU football player hoist the Lombardi trophy at the end of the NFL season?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, to recap, Michael Davis is on the Chargers, Kyle Vanoi on the Patriots, Daniel Sorensen on the Chiefs in the AFC, Taysom Hill on the Saints in the NFC. That's Tim Tebow's favorite player, by the way. So four of the 12 teams are represented. I'll go 46% because three of those four are first-round buy teams, meaning one of those three have to win two games to get to the Super Bowl and then win that one game. So hopefully we have a matchup of opposing Cougars in the big game.
0: Well, again, as you pointed out, the teams that are there, that are one of the top two seeds in each of the respective leagues, they have a significant advantage getting to the big game. So, I think it's even higher than that. I'm going to say 75% chance. My top three teams, my top three favorites to win the Super Bowl this year are the Saints, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. And BYU has a a representative on all three of those teams. 75% chance BYU is represented as a Super Bowl champion, at least by an individual. Number four.
2: Speaking of Jerome's boy, Tim Tebow, what's the chance <laughs> Tim Tebow would have won a Heisman at BYU? Nice.
1: That, like, we can't show that on BYU TV, can we? Uh, 1%. <laughs> 1%. Certainly the stage with SEC and Florida w- was big and Urban Meyer, no doubt. I believe that in this decade, it's not possible, really, like 1% chance, that a non-Power 5 player can win it. Getting uh, to New York as a finalist is tremendous. In fact... BYU has the last Heisman Trophy winner from a non-Power 5 team. Tied up in 1990. Also, BYU is the last non-Power 5 team to win a national title. 84. Those were a long time ago. Okay? I, don't, I don't think that would have happened for Tim Tebow here.
0: Yeah, I don't think that the offense and the players around Tim Tebow would have allowed him to excel the way that he did. He was playing with incredible athletes all around him. He was a great player playing with a bunch of other great players.
1: Yeah, and it, and they won the national title and he won the Heisman. It was amazing. It was amazing. So,
0: no, yeah, I'm, I maybe 2%, 3% chance that Tim Tebow would have exploded the way that he did uh with BYU, but playing at Florida with that level of talent under Urban Meyer, 100% got Tim Tebow the Heisman Trophy.
1: What's the chance that Tim Tebow would have obeyed the honor code? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. He would have fit in here, great. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. All right, Ben. Number five.
2: Last one, because it's never too early to look ahead to the 2019 football schedule. What's the chance the BYU football team starts two and four this season?
1: Two and four, or wins two of the first four. Okay, two so of the first four. Two and two. Uh, two and two. I go. I go. Twenty uh, percent. Okay, Get Utah and Tennessee because I believe it's going to be hard to beat USC and Washington, even at home. I think the order of ease, by the way, in beating these teams is in the order presented. Utah, at Tennessee, USC, Washington. BYU Getting both. I believe BYU will get at least one. I really want two. BYU will not be favored in any of these games. Correct.
0: Crazy, right? No, not favored? No, no, not crazy. Well, sorry. The difficulty of the schedule that the first four... BYU is not favored in one of those games, yeah. and three of those games are at home? Yeah. And they're not favored in any of them? They shouldn't be favored. That, to me, no. is crazy. No, they shouldn't be favored in any of these games. That doesn't matter, though. Just go win. Yeah, I think BYU most likely goes 1-3. and three. And you can still have a good season when you start 1-3. and three. Just see several seasons in the past decade, for crying out It just stinks to
1: dig that hole out. That's why I'm not a favorite just loading up September.
0: Yeah. Um... I'm, uh, I'm a little higher than you on this. I say 30%. I don't know how good USC is going to be. I don't even know if Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the offensive coordinator right.
1: there now. Let's point out the BYU did start 3-1 this year, by the way. It was the next four that were an issue.
0: Yeah, and what is Utah going to be with a new offensive coordinator? They have a good quarterback coming back, but what are they going to do? And the opening game of the season is always kind of weird and sloppy. They have two pretty good quarterbacks coming back. This is true. Yeah. They have a quarterback controversy, if you will, coming back, trying to figure all that out. So, I don't know, probably, like 30%. Probably. But I, I just don't know. I don't know. I think Tennessee's going to be good. Washington will be good. I don't know what USC's going to bring because I don't know who their offensive coordinator's going to be.
1: They're going to be more athletic than BYU. That's what will happen.
0: More importantly, as you said, Jerem, always lead with Utah in these conversations. Always. Hit it.
2: Countdown to the U.S.
1: 237. It's one of those weird ones. Sync- 237. The syncopations. We need like a metronome to help us during that time, you know. So we're like,
0: <laughs> what's the timing of that uh, beat? Is that in? Is that <laughs> well, in four four
1: well, time? Well, someone is it six eight? One, two, will so, Will someone send us the the uh, you know the layout on a on a sheet of music of the countdown? Of, of the dun-dun-dun-dun. Can you play it again?
0: Play it again. I want to try and figure out the timing of this music right now. Hit it again. Do it
1: again. <laughs> They've moved on. They're ready to go to break. They're like, we need to go to break. What are you doing? Countdown Here we go. To the That's 4-4 four, four
0: time, baby. That's 4-4 four, four time. Let's go. It is. Yes. I mean, yeah. On
1: the downbeat. Those first couple pages in the uh, hymn book, worth it. <laughs> Coming up. Which BYU football high school signee was in the Under Armour All-American game last week?
0: And a triple scoop of double-digit scoring for BYU. I'm hungry. Food on the mind. Ice cream, hamburgers, let's go get it all. As
2: Ben Bagley said, I want it all. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Shout out to today's guest, Greg Rubel.
0: Voice of the Cougars in the Bay Area. If you miss any of it, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes.
1: Sorry to Dennis Pitta, but good luck to your Ravens. We ran out of time. Let's whip it. More. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. After leading by 21, then losing the lead with three minutes to go, the Cougars survived 90-87 at Pacific to win its first road game of the season, led by T.J. Haas, 24 points and clutch free throw shooting from Josh Hardnett and Nick Emery. The Cougars continue their 29-day five-game road swing at St. Mary's tomorrow. Coverage on BYU Radio begins at 10 Eastern time. Beat women's the Gales. basketball.
0: BYU women's hoops, 3-0 in league play. They've won five straight after a 25-point win over Pepperdine at home last night. BYU had a trio of backcourt players score 20-plus, led by Paisley Johnson's career-high 24. Brenna Chase, 23. Shaley Gonzalez, 22. They're 11-3 and host LMU tomorrow live on BYU TV at 4 Eastern.
1: Cougars in the NFL. Michael Davis and the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, or whatever, face the Baltimore Ravens of Baltimore Sunday in Wild Card weekend of the NFL playoffs.
0: Football. BYU has released renderings of the ongoing upgrades at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU Sports Nation tweeted out the photos earlier this hour. You can see
1: what the changes look like on our Twitter account at BYU Sports Nation. And BYU wide receiver signee Chase Roberts of American Fork, Utah, participated in the Under Armour All-American game last night. Volleyball Kicks off their
0: 2019 season with the alumni match tomorrow, 8 Eastern at the Smithfield House, 6 mounted for those local. The first game, January 10th against Ohio State. Today's Rise and Shout goes to that trio of BYU women's basketball players. I, they still hadn't found out when the last time they had three different players go for 20-plus in a game. The research is that's, still happening. That's awesome.
1: And the men's basketball team, way to, way to uh, get that lead and... Get it back and win. The
0: lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. At Jake Camp, Kemp says, I'm sure Tim Tebow is a good guy, but he comes across as a little jealous with his comments about Taysom Hill. Hopefully spring training puts him in a better mood. I'll pray for him.
1: <laughs> we should pray for other people, right?
0: Or Jerome. I am Spencer. <laughs> Shout out to Taysom Hill. Go Cougs.